Sound check. Do you speak? Butthole. Cool. <laughs> Butthole. It's <laughs> the best sound check ever. Hello and welcome to Parade of Dicks. I am your hostess, Lucy Buttons, here with my co-producer, John Nell. Hello. And we have a very special new guest in very the house special. tonight. The mastermind of bizarre extravaganza herself, Darlinda, just Darlinda. Ooh. Hello. Hi. How are you? Good. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Is the lighting okay for you? John, I was very concerned that we had yeah. the lighting correct. We can I make think, it blue. Yeah, I think it looks great. It's a... This is tropical. Amber? Is it amber? It, it changes colors. He has it connected oh. to his phone. It's very... Oh, wow. That It's magic. Right now, it's sort of... Yeah, right. It is tropical. I do feel like... <laughs> and it's warm and Now here. it's black light. I was like, are we going to like sit here and do let's, acid let's and watch yeah, oil I was like, shows? we can pretend to get high <laughs> just from the lighting. You're late. That was that was a couple episodes yeah. back. So um, the Mastermind of Bizarre Extravaganza. Tell everyone about what that means. So um, what that means is it's my tagline, which... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it means book me. <laughs> which, which means I had... Which I got when I was very young in my career. So... Um, so I produced a show called Hedwig Hanukkah, and it was a Hedwig and the Angry Inch themed Hanukkah burlesque show. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a stretch. There's a lot there. <laughs> and this was before Nerdlesque. You know, you know that. Okay. Um, it was like 2005 or six, maybe okay. seven, six, I think six. Um, and I made latkes on stage, and we did like... Headwig numbers and um, but I got a write up in the um, in the Village Voice mm-hmm. before and they were like go see the show. Does that still exist online? I they think. they recently just closed the print publication, but it's online. It's, it's still online, online. Still, yeah. So the um, Trisha Romano at the Village Voice said, "And the mastermind of this bizarre extravaganza is Darlinda, just Darlinda." So I was like, "Well, that's my favorite press quote, and what a great bar to set for myself to like make crazy acts." And that's what I was just obviously, if I'm going to do a Hedwig Hanukkah show, that's sure. sort of at like start. That's like the third show I ever produced. So well, and it's Ballyhoo, and of course, that's all what burlesque is. Yeah. But for people who haven't seen you perform before, you're a burlesque performer. You're doing some clowning now. You did a dance. Like tell tell everyone a little bit more yeah. about what you do. So um, I'm a performance artist, and um, as well as a burlesque performer, and I combine the two. So they end up they end up being these kind of weird spectacles. Um, in my burlesque performance, I also do classic, but I tend to just kind of try, I tend to be funny or just over the top with whatever I do. Even if my sexy is sexy, it's over the top. Um, so that's my burlesque. And, um, about two years ago, I was kind of wanting to do some like different things with my burlesque. Cause I'd done some performance art, um, in like 2006, seven, eight, nine, around color, a, a project called A Year in Rainbow, where I wore one color every month, and then the in between months I wore rainbow. So it was like red, orange, yellow, green, blue, purple. I remember. Yeah, yeah. Did that start with um with the Beehoff thing of the color night? Because I remember you kind of started that, but at least from my perspective, you did. Yeah. So the first the the first Beehoff in Las Vegas, I thought. With a couple of the New York people, I thought, oh, it'll be fun to like, I'll wear red because like the Big Apple. 
that was separate from the Rainbow Project. The Rainbow okay. Project came because my friend Morty Diamond did a project called A Year in Pink, and he's a trans man. And so he was sort of doing this experiment of wearing pink every day to sort of see what it was like to go about presenting as a man wearing pink. And okay. beard, like really presented as a man. So so he really inspired me a lot, A, actually to change my name full-time, to be Darlinda full-time, and then also to do this project. Because I thought, oh, well, if this person is, you know, cha- is like being the true gender that they are, like can change your name. And then I also was really inspired by this project because I think having a daily project, a daily art project is so important for me as an artist because it's just like, well, you have to do this thing every day and you have to be accountable for it every day. Um, and like I did selfies before selfies were a thing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> With like the disposable cameras that you had to take and be developed? Um, not, it was digital. We did have digital okay. cameras. But, but I don't think I even had, I don't, did I have a, I think I did have a, like a, a screen. A screen. It's very small screen, right? But I would like hold it in the mirror or like, you know, do this thing. <laughs> self photographs, self portraits before, now it's just selfies. selfies. Right. Yeah, yeah. But that's very admirable. Like uh, circling back to your daily art project. And this is, you know, something that we discuss as friends offline, uh, you know, me, Lucy, Allegra, and all. It's like the reason why a lot of people, including myself, hesitate to call, um, our hobbies and art form is we don't have that level of commitment to something that is you're very you're very passionate about. Like I photograph, I try to photograph as much as I can. I try to do as much projects as I can, but I'm never gonna be committed enough to do it on a day in and day out basis. Yeah. And then really committing your time and your efforts, really adjusting your lifestyle in order to showcase your art therefore yourself is you know it's, it's something that i hope the kids nowadays really take uh, into consideration whenever they do certain hobbies because like i'm fairly old um i grew up <laughs> in a time where you know internet was dial up so you make yourself sound like grandpa yeah you're not even 40 yet. i'm i'm almost there too no, so I'm, I'm midway through 40 oh my god right nope. just you're finish, 30, 35? Finish, your, 30. finish your dumb thought no, but the idea is like <laughs> Now, like, older than you. Yeah, now uh, anybody with a laptop can be a writer. Can, right, you know, true. buy a buy a domain. Could be a blogger. You can be a blogger. You could be an influencer on oh Instagram. My, so that's and oh, get paid. And get paid a lot of and money. And you could be a kid. When I was I was actually a couple of weeks ago I was learning how to launch a, a YouTube channel because I do want to start venturing out to video, and the videos that I've been watching are by thirteen to fifteen years old. Like how they got their first hundred thousand subscribers, and it's insane. But that's the idea. That's if you annoying. Have, if you have a couple of hundred bucks, buy a camera. You're a video star. You're a photographer. But you know, the artistry is something that separates again the men from the boys, or the you know. Sure, but you're always so like humble and modest that you're like, oh, I'm not a photographer. I take pictures once in a while. You're a fucking photographer, yeah, because you, you have a point of view, and it does. It might not take up all of your time, but I certainly think you dedicate lots of resources and it's a part of who you are i work full-time but i definitely consider myself to be an artist i the thought of having to do it every day honestly is overwhelming for me because i need the way that i deal with being lucy buttons is like i also set it down sometimes and i'm a real person and kind of keep some separation because that's what works for me but if i go to 
burlesque things then i'm 99.9 percent of the time on but i just can't be on all the time we have lots of friends that are just emotionally sort of on like they're on stage all the time and that is overwhelming but i don't think that doesn't that means that you're not an artist i think uh the label artist is like a very loaded word it's something that only if you make it they will uh, my She's personal right. take is like i my thing, my my perspective. <laughs> Could there. you just be my hype person? Just she's, she's right. right. She's, she's right. <laughs> Every time. She's well, like, the thing is, Janelle, I'm looking at you, and there's like this incredible portrait of uh, I believe a woman and a, and a baby, and my it's sister, amazing, my right? And like, I'm just like, and he thinks he's not an artist. Yeah, like, <laughs> he can't call himself an artist. I mean. <clears throat> And also, you've got and um, you spotted like, it in his home. Right, you didn't know that about John L. You just got here for the first I just time, in. and you were like, "Are you a photographer?" So, yeah, and you don't even that. hang things on your walls. They're, yeah, they're they're props. leaning except for <laughs> backdrops for photo shoots. Yeah, they're leaning on the wall. I mean, um, I have costumes all over my house. Like, you know, my room is basically like half a closet because it's all my costumes. That's true. So. I've seen pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But no, I was but like, it's I, also New York, so most people. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is a closet. No, no, the point is like, I've seen Darlinda perform multiple times. I've seen smaller shows in a back room of a heavy metal bar, big, big shows in that Highline Ballroom. It's mm-hmm. like probably still one of my favorite shows. Oh, and- yeah, because we went to your show on... Um- on the 24th of December. Yeah. <laughs> Menorah. Right? Menorah. Two, two and we're going to discuss that more in detail because that's one of those things that you, I, I, I believe uh, Darlinda and her crew does uh, uh, often. But that was, I am... Yearly, annual. Yearly. So like I have zero or like little Jewish knowledge, but I appreciated every single act. Like I, you know, somebody totally devoid of anything uh, Menorah Hora-ish coming in with my friends enjoying the entire night in this uh christmas eve super cold new york night and that's one of those things that is uniquely new york and it's only possible with true artists like darlinda you know and like um, plenty of other people in the community that we do so we want to celebrate artistry and point of view in uh in in our crew yeah, so do you want to tell us a little bit? Menorah Hora is um, part of the Schlepp Sisters, yeah. which is with Minnie Tonka. Yeah, so um, so yeah, Minnie Tonka and I started performing together um, as the Schlepp Sisters. Our very first performance was in a loft in Williamsburg mm-hmm. um, at a Burning Man fundraiser party. <laughs> this was a long time ago. Um, and... The House of Collection. The House of Collection. Yeah, oh, really? Were, yeah. Funny. I, that's, yeah. Wait, were, were you at the... I've been there. You've but been there, yeah. Not for um, that. Not for the 10-year anniversary? I don't know. Okay, we had our 10-year anniversary party there. Um, and we, yeah, so that was like our first show together. And um, we've been performing together ever since. Um, and we, in so 12 years ago, we started Menorah Hora. Um, and we did it at uh, Galapagos Art Space. Oh, no, we did it at the Slipper original? Room. The Slipper oh, okay. Room was the first place. Then we went to Galapagos. Then we were at Southpaw. Do you remember Southpaw? Kind of. It was a venue in Park Slope on Fifth Avenue. Um, and then we went to Highland Ballroom. We were there pretty continually for a couple of years. We've been to, we've done it at um, Boisson Rouge. It's a hard time to book because people want to book holiday parties. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we can, when we can get a date, 
at Highland Ballroom, we always prefer Highland Ballroom because they're just accessible. They'll make latkes for us and latkes are potato pancakes. For those of you who have, (laughs) (laughs) for those, uh, for the, you know, the 10 of you that aren't Jewish, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Whoever's that, whoever's not Jewish listening to this. Um, But it's really fun. People, I feel like, um, I always say the Schlepp sisters are like burlesque you can take home to mom because it's very like, we're very like wholesome. For burlesque, we're wholesome, you know. Like I'll do stuff like pull shit out of my pussy, and but not in not that as show. a schlep sister, <laughs> N- not as a schlep sister. Is no. that because is that because you feel like there's a separation there for yourself, or because Minnie doesn't want to pull shit out of her pussy? <laughs> Well, that's not really Minnie's style, but also it's like, that's not really the Schlepp sister's style. It's yeah. just like, we're kind of, we're kind of a throwback to like the sister acts that used to happen in burlesque in like the forties and fifties and like the Andrew sisters and the Barry sisters who are a Yiddish, they're a Yiddish jazz duo that used to do, um, they would do like the popular jazz of the times and like translate it into Yiddish and sing it together. So yes. they are, we do a lot of our acts to their music, um, and like 80s music and 50, yeah. 70s music. So we have a lot of different acts to different music. But um, that's the Schlepp Sisters. So we have um, Menorah Horror on December 9th um, at the Highland Ballroom. And it's an 8 p.m. show. So nice and early. So Yeah. <laughs> I like an early show. Yeah, I like to too. get to bed early. Me too. Because oh, then great. I wake up early and I feel good. Yeah, and you can see the sun. You can go out <laughs> and be in, in the sunshine. Get things done. Yeah. 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 I'm getting to that point. You don't yeah. feel like a zombie? Yeah. So you brought your own dictus qualifier today, right? I'm going to just move it. I did. Um, so full, full-time confession. I don't know why I said full-time, but it seemed, it seems good. Sure. Um, so I thought dictus qualifier was like, I, I hadn't listened to the show yet, so it's I okay. made up my mind about what it was. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought it was like a sex thing. So like when you were like, when the way that you like asked about it, I thought, oh, it's like, okay, how you know that this person is like no good for you. So, it, I mean, it is. So I thought it were stories. So it, it so it, ha- it happened just, twice just tell, to me. Just tell okay, us I'll your tell dick you disqualifier okay. and then explain it. So um, <laughs> a week after I lost my virginity at a, at a um, reggae on the river, which is a reggae festival, I was 19 years old and I was, um, I went back to college to be an RA. And, um, and the night before I went out and partied like, you know, 19 year olds do. Sure. And I picked up a guy and uh, I took him home and we parked in the parking gr- parking lot and he stuck his head out of the car and puked. <laughs> you didn't like that? <laughs> well, um, I didn't, but I was so drunk. I shouldn't have drove home either. This is like, really, this is all bad. That's it was okay. just like a general I, disqualifier. Sure. Um, these are like, they, like they became dick disqualifiers in the, like, sure. Pe- like looking later back, on, looking yeah. back, I'm like, oh, um, and then, um, and, and I still has. I just was like, I, I have toothpaste. You can brush your teeth. Brush your teeth. I wouldn't the, let him then, use my toothbrush, though. Right. Just the finger. Yeah. Just yeah. Like gargle some, some <laughs> but I toothpaste. Did make sure so the dick disqualifier is vomiting before you right. bone. Um, right. Except for then, like maybe four years later, when I moved to New York, I met this woman, and. She also puked, and I still had sex with her. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a super hard dick yeah, it's not a hard no. not, It's not really hard, but I just was thinking, because um, I was It's just, probably a good one, even though a, you didn't follow it. I didn't follow it, but I but I haven't followed it since then, so it was mm-hmm. the first 
those were the first, you know, it gets yeah. you, you need to try something twice. <laughs> <laughs> Janelle has the two-time rule, so that kind of works. Uh, that has always been, uh, we've discussed this a couple of times in the podcast, but I've, 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 I try not to have a one-night stand. So, so try things twice. So yeah, you you you, oh, you, you you bang, you sleep, you wake up, bang again. And then, well, yeah, that's his loophole that he found. That's my loophole. It was supposed to be two separate occasions, but he needed yeah. to find a loophole because that wasn't really working for him anymore. It's hard. It's hard pickings the past couple of years. So you really got to. It's like, going to be harder as you age because you might not be able to do that. Oh, and then I'm going to really mock you. I, so have you ever vomited right. before sex? <laughs> Have I ever found I should say difficult, not hard. Sex? No. Because when I used to drink and when I would drink to vomit, mm-hmm. I would, there was no, I mean, sex wasn't a thing that I did. I would just black out and go to bed. Okay. Yeah. yeah that's kind of weird too. Because like we, when we watch TV, we always see people like super drunk and like making out and having sex. Like in my experience, it's not fun when you're drunk. Oh, I liked it. I, I really I, don't. I yeah. still kind of like it. Every once in a while, I fall off the wagon and have too many. And um, I like it. A little sloppy sex. I know. Yeah. It's because I'm fucked up. It's, I like, it's not a healthy fun. thing, but it's, yeah. I love buzzed sex. Like, I've never, I mean, a couple of drinks, but like the, 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 the ones when you're like, feeling like you're about to puke i don't even no i don't want that no no i mean like fun drunk like like making out on the corner and you don't even care because you're just like no that's fine that's always fun but but i feel like i've aged out of that now i don't i don't really drink like that have i vomited and then fucked because a review of of two podcasts ago we had kendra who's a trooper who if she she because she likes a deep throat and then she pukes. Oh, oh I have angry dragoned. I think did we not what? talk about that? We did not talk about that. I did not even know there's a term. <laughs> my face, like uh, yeah. my jaw literally just That's dropped. okay. You made the sound. All you have to do is when there's a face is make a sound to match the face. So um yeah, I I'm also a size queen as we know. And I did in the past have you know, men like to grab your head and, and shove it. And if you let them, and I'm pretty good at controlling the gag reflex on my own, but sometimes if they thrust and and pull at the same time, mm-hmm. it can gag you. So I did vomit like a little bit in my mouth and it kind of, it didn't like shoot out of my nose. Like <laughs> <laughs> uh, the visuals here is the best. What have I done? Yeah. But, it, but it was like a little bit. And, and he and I had... Um, been good friends for a long time before uh we started dating so um we just laughed about it to be honest it wasn't a big deal and it wasn't like a full stomach full of vomit it was just a little bit yeah (laughs) i don't i probably have actually vomited before having sex but i don't remember it because i really did drink a lot oh you're probably right about that for me too i feel like yeah yeah I don't know. And there was so many blackout blackout. things. Yeah, Yeah, I don't really know. I don't know if I've had sex with someone else who vomited. I'm going to go with probably. But I agree with your dick disqualifier. Like, I wouldn't want to do that now. I generally don't. It it always ends up bad. That's true. I mean... And well, vomit's not sexy. I'm not. That's not a thing for me. There are a lot of porn categories that vomiting is their thing. I, mean, I acknowledge me, and recognize that. But again... The smell of it, the sound uh, of it, yeah. it's not particularly sexy for me. Oh my God, me. if a listener is into it, do you think they're like masturbating now as you're describing Talking it? Oh, damn. It, yeah. The smell and the texture. I just want to understand. 
<laughs> angry dragon. So that is a term when wow. somebody you got to get on the urban dictionary. It's urban dictionary. Hey. Hey. I, I it's not part of my daily reading. But I, think I shall it go. Maybe needs to be. Need to be urban. I mean, dictionary. we have a podcast. You got to do some research, John. <laughs> so, have you ever vomited no. and then fucked? No, I mean that's the thing too. When if if I even have the inkling that I might be going home with somebody, I start becoming more careful of what I eat and drink because I want to perform Bless well. Your heart. I want to say yeah. <laughs> this is not because like I know I understand there's a lot a lot of my friends just like go at it they can have a g- gajillion opportunities so they really don't have to uh, what do you call this like grab that chance I hey if I'm gonna have like X amount of opportunities to somebody going home to my apartment that's why my bed is always made right for that 0.01% chance that somebody comes in and like lays on it it's like yep but no it's like However, have you had sex with girls who have vomited? I was gonna say I've had. I feel like you have a couple of opportunities where um, I went home with somebody, and they will be like, "I'm just gonna, you know, brush my teeth," and you could audibly hear them do something like, like puke or something like that. Maybe they were bulimic. Uh, you know what? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I hope that wasn't meant to be funny, but like I know maybe. It wasn't. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, people. Some and this is the other thing is that some people are just pukers. Like, but actually, both oh, people that I had sex with, like Kavanaugh. <laughs> God, <laughs> I just have a weak stomach. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like some people, like I puke once a year. Like mm-hmm. if that. Sometimes I mean I don't. Like I think I puked once last year because I was like on a fast and I drank some lemon water and it like made me puke because sure. it was like too intense for my stomach. Do sure. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like that was the last time I puked. But like some people just like, they're like, oh, I don't feel good. I should puke. And they puke and they feel better. Yep. Right. And like, but I can't, if I. With drinking, I was kind of like that because yeah. I really was hitting it hard. So I'd be like, I feel like I'm going to be sick and I would just oh, go I to the could. bathroom and puke and then I'm okay. I could never make myself just, puke. I didn't have to make myself. I would just like bend over and think about it. and it would You happen. were making yourself puke. No, make when I think of someone making themselves puke, they're sticking their fingers oh, down their throat. They're like choking themselves. But you didn't get like nauseous and like, oh, I better go puke. That's pu- that's just like puking for yeah. this sake. <laughs> that's puking because I mean, it's deciding, nauseous. but I can also decide not to puke. When you have that thing, I can oh, just like... God. Hold it down. Wow, lucky you. A lot of control over that gag release. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, at least lucky for me since I've been drinking since I was, since I was like a wee little lad. But uh, I, uh, at nine o'clock of a night of drinking hour, you know, like this is a puking night. This is going to be, I'm trashed the wow. next day. So I know by the time I get home at two, I'm just going to be puking. I'm going to have my Gatorade ready. I'm going to have my water ready because I know it's going to be a hangover night. Yeah, but like who wants Gatorade when you've been vomiting? Ugh. If you're really to. sick, I used to love Gatorade. Like, you know, I mean, it's terrible. <laughs> I'm thinking of like flu puke. You right. Know, oh. like, like, no, you should have it. It's yeah. just, that's not the thing that I want when I'm puking. No. A Coca-Cola. Really? Yeah, a hangover. I want a Coca Cola. Hmm. Cola, but cola syrup like was food. like, yeah, or um, spaghetti was always my go-to. Pasta, like yeah. the next day. No, because pasta's filling. Oh yeah, and tomato sauce actually <laughs> gives you lots of vitamins because you're missing vitamins after you um, oh. are hungover. 
you need you're like depleted and then lots of water and a coke and i was good to go a mimosa is kind of like my hangover cure too what a mimosa oh yeah that's just hair of the dog it's 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 not really a cure so much it's vitamin c remember what i water i would i would oh i know i went down at emergency before i went to bed Oh, that usually smart. helped because it's like it, you're replenishing your electrolytes. Yeah, and that would when I and drank vitamins. a lot. Vitamins. Yeah. yeah. There's this uh, um, hangover bottle. It's basically a shot of B12, right. which will you know replenish your electrolytes when you either are hungover or you just puke a lot. That is super godsend. Like uh, uh, we have a friend Cassandra who I drink a lot with. She's this uh, tiny little girl. You can't out her. No, we're drinking. No, we we hang out. We 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 drink and yeah, everybody. We, we <laughs> everybody knows. Everybody knows. <laughs> you don't drink in public. No, we drink. We don't drink in hiding. But uh, she was that, the last time that I puked. So maybe that's a good uh, follow up question. So wait. Oh, I remember hearing about. Go ahead. Oh yeah. So the last time I puked was when we hung out and we checked out this new uh, like jazz place in. Prospect Lefferts Garden. They had amazing freaking cocktails with they actually burn shaves of oak when they do your smoke uh, old fashioned. It was great. Music was great. We were talking about a lot of stuff. (laughs) Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I'm like, what are you oh godding? Yeah. PLG. Okay. Yeah. Some P- things make me puke. Yeah. <laughs> but <Gentrification>. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So like uh between the two of us I get like uh, close to like three hundred dollars in just drinks. The next day I she was fine. I was I was done. Like I was crawling to my apartment. And then I had that little bottle of of uh hangover cure. Which is great because I didn't have a hangover, but two for two days I felt like I was literally walking in water because you you feel like floaty, kind of feel yeah. like you swam in a swimming pool for a day and then like just walked around and feel like a little wavy, but no hangover. So that was kind of cool. Okay. Yeah. What neighborhood? You're in Bushwick, Darlinda? I technically live in Bed-Stuy. Bed-Stuy. I'm like a block away from Bushwick, but uh, I'm in Bedstuy. So speaking of gentrification. Oh, girl. You're an artist. Yes. You moved to Bushwick slash Bedstuy, So you're kind of part of the oh, gentrification. Because oh, when you move, you are. So how can you be mad at it? I mean, I, I am still, too. I mean, like I, I it's, it's a double-edged sword. It's like I, you know, I appreciate gentrification because. You need coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Right, but it's also like I can walk out the door and I can go buy a kombucha, or like, right, or like bone broth, even, or you know, or like, you know, my neighborhood is not. I'm off the Myrtle Broadway JMC, and it's like not quite yet. There's a there's a methadone clinic there, and so there are folks who are you know on drugs. That's was also like the capital of the K K two epidemic like that's where it really happened in brooklyn i think there's a place in bronx that also happened but like so there's just this weird there's like a salad place literally right next to the methadone yeah like uh which i haven't gone in yet but you know and across the street is a like a korean like hipster place attached to like coffee shop and you know it's like okay you know um so uh, one hand i appreciate it because like when I moved there, it wasn't at all gentrified. Sure, but artists are the sort of the first wave. Oh, yeah. No, I because know. they get pushed out of whatever neighborhoods because they can't afford it anymore because yep. gentrification happens. So then they move to the next neighborhood and they make it cool. Yeah, and then 
other people will live there. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things too is that is that my my landlord is an artist and so he like he bought the house very cheap and was able to like you know, meet the people on the block. Like, yeah. He knows all the people on the block. And so, and then I get to know them too. And, um, oh, you talk to neighbors? I talk to my neighbors. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, wait, what? And there's like, and it's Bed-Stuy. Bed-Stuy was like a black neighborhood from like, you know, after the Civil War, probably before the Civil War too, you know, and it's like, I mean, it's really sad what the whole like subprime housing market did to that neighborhood and crack. Um, but like, you know, there still are families that have lived in these brownstones for generations and generations. Yeah. And that's that's one of the beautiful things about Bed-Stuy. But then one of the sad things is because they're, they're not there anymore. Um, but they still are there. There are families that are still there. Yeah. have been for a long time. And that's really cool. So I love Bed-Stuy. And, and, but yeah, it is a little weird to like walk down the street in Bed-Stuy and you just hear people speaking French. Like lots, lots of yeah. people are like, there's a French restaurant. Like... <laughs> But then it's across the street from like a soul food restaurant that's like black owned. And, you know, so it's, it's on one hand, I like it because I can like, there's also a new restaurant in Bedstead that opened that's uh, called Bayou and it's like Louisiana Louisiana. soul food. And it's like a little bit fancier, but it's owned by, you know, owned by a black family. And so it's great. It's like, okay, well, you know, we should have more like black owned businesses. Yeah. And they probably benefit from it too. Yeah. 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 Okay, so our topic for today, mm. you wanted to talk about trans rights. Yes, yes. Because of everything that's going on right yeah. now. So, yeah, so, um, you know, it's like I, I mean, ju- I'm just being real here, you sure. know, in, the, in our parade of dicks. <laughs> you can't ignore a dick, they just are there. Um, uh, so, I just, I just have felt like, um, you know, sometimes I tune up, tune out of the news because it's just you have to. I just, I, I mean, I'm too sensitive, and I wouldn't be able to survive. So sometimes I tune out. And recently, I was like, I'm, you know what? I'm going to start tuning in, right? And so I've been listening to NPR. How like, how lesbian do I sound? But um, <laughs> how white lesbian do I sound? <laughs> um, so yeah, and and then on Sunday, um, this article um, about trans rights came out in the New York Times, mm-hmm. and just upset me so much um, that, you know, this group of people can like make, can want to change, you know, our civil rights, our law, the laws that are like federal laws about Mm -hmm. not discriminating against people because of their gender. Right. You know, um, and it's just, it's insane. It's insane. And it's, it's, um, you know, there's some laws that, that the Republicans and like, Trump's cronies, like I can see right through them in terms of them making money. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, like, for example, all these like immigration internment camps, essentially it's like sure. they're, they're contracting the people who are building these camps, these prisons are, you know, getting contracted or be paid by the government. So it's like, right. it's like, Hey Lucy, Hey, I'm the United States. Want to build one of your house, one of your prisons and I'll, pay you money and you're like seven hundred and thirty five dollars yeah. a night or something like that yeah which is more than most hotel rooms in the city <laughs> right yeah so it's like it's like that's so clear but this is this is just a these like human rights are is so it's not about money it's about this fear and this like oh this like fake we're protecting 
you know, we're protecting our women and children in the bathrooms and like, right. So Republicans are very concerned about bathrooms. I don't care too much about bathrooms. There's no evidence that shows that like things happen. In fact, the, the crimes that usually happen, um, in relation to trans people and the bathrooms that they've chosen to use are usually from, like fearful Republicans that are upset about it, starting an altercation right. with those people. It's obviously so, just like they're trying to use whatever data point that they can use so that they can forward whatever thought or idea that they want to sell. It's, it's just their feelings. It's just their feelings. And, you know, they're saying that they're fearful, but if they're fe- fearful, it's really because they're ignorant. Um, but so the headline was, um, that Trump is trying to legislate trans people out of existence. That's the headline I saw everywhere. So, um, just to sort of give an overview, if people are listening and haven't seen it, they were, what they're trying to do is define what it means. So, um, discriminating based on religion or race or gender are illegal under federal law in court decisions that have happened. And the way that laws like this typically happen is that the federal court decides, a case and it sort of sets a, sets a precedent mm-hmm. of what can happen. And under the Obama administration, um, Obama was going with gender identity and some of the federal cases have been about that, but they didn't have the words clearly, clearly yep. marked of what it, and so they're trying to define it better yep. so of what exactly it means by, I'm trying to find the quote. Under the Obama administration, they loosened the legal concept of uh, what gender is in federal programs. And this new Trump administration activity is to consider it more narrowly, trying to define it through biology as an immutable condition rather than somebody that can identify towards. So yeah. again, you one cannot really say that it's 100% wrong, but you can literally see the the spirit of the law is not there. The spirit of um um like what gender is is yes, biology can be used as a term, but it defines it in a way where it's not um it's not beneficial for everybody. You can really see that there is a certain group of people that will um, kind of benefit more if you kind of tighten up certain things for their benefit rather than what should be more prevalent in, in, in society, I guess. So the thing that's complicated about it is that in order to enforce a law, it has to be clear. Mm-hmm. It has to be really clear. So th- what they're proposing um, is to adopt an explicit and uniform definition of gender. Is everything still good there? It just did a little something. Is oh, that because of your computer? Okay. Um, explicit and uniform uh, definition of gender as determined, quote unquote, on a biological basis that is clear, grounded in science, objective, and administri- administrable. Fuck, that's a hard word, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, it would define sex as either male or female, unchangeable and determined by the genitals that a person is born with. And then the other clarification that they mean is that sex means a person's status as male and female based on an immutable biological traits identified by or before birth. Um and uh, the sex listed on a person's birth certificate as originally issued shall constitute definitive proof of a person's sex unless rebuted by a reliable genetic evidence, which would get into genetic testing. Right. 
So the thing that's complicated is that for people who, for people who are non-binary, for example, because I had this conversation at work the other day. So in one moment, you could be a man, and in one moment, you could be a woman. I have heard people say that. I'm not saying that's everyone's identity, but I know some people that have said, oh, it depends on the day or the moment or whatever. And so you couldn't enforce the law to not discriminate against that person because if someone misidentifies them in the moment because they it's uh, fluid, and so they need it to be something clear. And trans could be clear, but the non-binary people aren't necessarily trans. Well, And in order might- to legally enforce it, it has to be something. It doesn't have to be either or, but they have to clearly, they have to make the language clear for the purpose of enforcing a law in a federal court, which Obama did. And obviously they're trying to undo right. that. Right. And on a human level, we all understand, but putting it into words, it has to somehow. Right. But I think that's, I think that's what, what, what they're missing and what, what you may be missing is that, that is that, that human level is that, that is actually like gender identity is, you know, is so much deeper than it's like it, it, it's neurology almost. And I don't think they've done a lot of tests. Obviously they haven't done a lot of tests on, you know, the neurological brain patterns of transgender folks. But I feel like even people who are non-binary could be considered transgender as well, because it, you know, it doesn't mean that they just change, you know, and some people don't even consider themselves a gender, you know, right. you know, they're like, I'm in between or I, what do you know? Like, right. Um, so, you know, I mean, I know someone who doesn't have a belly button. They like, don't want to be like a human, you know? Okay. So, um, you know, I mean, so, so gender is so, it, it's, you, you can't, I mean, you can't really write about it on paper. I mean, I don't understand. But you can't protect people from right, discrimination right. against so it that, without, and that, that's the, I, I know that, that that's yeah. not why they're trying to do it, but yeah. that's the one sticking point about it is that somehow we have to define it yeah. in order to create legal precedents because that's just how the legal system works. Yeah. So I'm like somebody uh, that may not be 100% into the no. Like what benefits could there be in having clear delineation on what a gender is? The only thing off the top of my mind that I can think of is like the Olympics? No, like, honey, so many things. So that's what I want to so learn. Like, so like, just like walking down the street. Like if you walk down the street and someone is harassing you because, you know, you are, you, you, you know, are born with a vagina and breasts and you, you know, um, but you're, you know, in men's clothing, I'm doing air quotes, um, <laughs> um, you know, uh, and you get harassed and you know you say well i am a man and this person is harassing me and and ca- wanting to cause me harm because they you know it should be a hate crime it's a hate crime but but not not with these laws because oh mm. well you're not a man or a woman you know like you so it will be they, for- they're saying you're you're they're saying you're you're Whatever they're doing, you know, I mean, like... Uh, and some of this stuff is beyond comprehension for people that have never been exposed mm-hmm. to anyone of exactly. this lifestyle, which is a good chunk of the Republican followers. Yeah. So it's hard to for them to even grasp the concept of it. 
Um, for me personally, I, I get stuck on the, the pronoun thing. I don't mind. And you probably haven't heard these episodes, but, um, I'm fine with everyone doing that. I think it's making it about, um, it's about people's pronouns instead of just letting people behave and dress and exist however they want to be, because I'm fully supportive of that. I just think it's made the conversation very much about those terms, which I know are important to some people, but I could argue that being non-binary is kind of saying, I don't want any of those terms, which is kind of the conversation that we're having. Right. But when it comes to an emergency and you go to the hospital or you're being treated for things and some of that, some, for some of those things, your genetic disposition is important. Right. And and so that's, you know, they've brought but, up identifying, Republicans haven't brought it up, but in this conversation, identifying bodies and things well, like that. Well, here's the thing too, is I have like a trans male friend who... Um, like is afraid to go to the doctor because of the experiences that, that, yeah. that he's had. So much discrimination. So much discrimination. Um, you know, just the mistreatment that he's gotten. Um, you know, it like he got in a car accident, you know, and then they really like mistreated him and about like gender things. And I can't, unfortunately I can't think of the specifics at this moment, but it's like okay. that would be a place where, it would be a law where it would say you can't discriminate against someone right. because of the gender that they identify with. And I think that's that's the, the the language around it. Like, you know But if you mistreated them on a medical level, yeah. let's say you gave them some medicine that right. then you could be sued because you didn't know because they weren't identified. And that's the hard part is right. like somehow in your on your driver's license, I mean you should be able to to choose, you know, there are intersex people too. Mm-hmm. And, and all of these things are valid and they're people's um, experiences. But yeah. at the same time, when you're getting into some of those things, you kind of need more information. And if the person is unconscious, right. how else are you going to get it? And yeah. we want to reiterate too, like, you know, going back to what uh, Darlinda just mentioned, like people who go for treatment or go through different processes and they get discriminated on, I'm just under the idea. It doesn't matter if you're male, female, X, Y, Z. Discrimination in whatever form either shouldn't happen or it will always still happen regardless of what you identify yourself with, which is not the greatest thing in the world. Well, and it goes against the Hippocratic Oath. However, some of the rulings have allowed it. Have allowed doctors to make the choices. Especially women experience that a lot because they're um, not allowed their their rights to reproductive or not care from their GYNs because they don't, they're religious. They use religion as a way to get around it. And that's the, one of the, I think, you know, the second thing off top of my head. So just going, you know, playing devil's advocate with this particular topic. If for, for example, yes, we live in a, a screwed up world where you have to be a or B doesn't matter whatever term that is. So if you have to be a or B, Ideally, there shouldn't be any inequality with both because that's where, you know. Well, we're not there yet. But that's, that's my thing. So it's like, so you're saying that not only when, if you uh, prohibit people to identify however they want to be identified is, there are reasons there, yes or no, that's mm-hmm. fine. But the difference is just making, identifying people or putting people in pens just presupposes that the pen one has some different treatments than pen right. B. So... Ideally, those treatments shouldn't be uh, like sure. better than the other, but obviously we're seeing that there is some difference between both. 
there are but maybe biological things maybe like yes yeah, so like i mean I'm i think a, california allows people on their driver's license to there are other options besides male and oh, female i believe so yeah i'm um, so well, this is an example that i like of uh, and this is this is a movie but it's it's based on a true story about a thai prison um it's called A Prayer Before Dawn. But one of the things, that, it's not really a big part of the story, um, but one of the things I noticed is that in the, it's, a, it's a men's prison, um, but there are transgender women, and like the transgender women in, in Thailand are, are like a really big, it's like, a, mm-hmm. it's a thing. We talked about that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they, these, these women are in, in the men's prisons. And so, um, I mean, this particular prison sort of offered them some protection, um, but they had to basically be sex workers in order to have this protection. Like they were in a separate room mm-hmm. in this prison, um, but they were also doing sex work, mm-hmm. right? So, um, so in that case, like you know, sending sending a trans woman who has a vagina who has gone full surgery to a men's prison. Is really sure. fucked up. It's, it's very Absolutely. disadvantageous. To and this that is person. what this law is basically saying. It's like yeah. it's like we all know that rape happens in a prison, but like you know, for and this woman to be raped by you know, it would it just would be a totally yeah. different situation. And th- this is what this is what the Republicans are proposing. Absolutely. You know? And and it's like it's so fucked up because. Like I know that there are Republicans out there who, you know, are very who are very closeted queers who, you know, like like to have sex with trans women who have still have their penis or you know or whatever or maybe they're gay or whatever. But you know, it's like and the thing that's funny is a lot of that stuff happens in the bathroom, like the gay cruising. That's true. Happens in the bathrooms, <laughs> like cruising. You know, like gyms. You know, there's like blowjobs and things like that. And so it's like it's funny that there are these white men making these laws. You know, wanting to change right. the laws because of this fear about what happens in the bathroom. Women's bathrooms are not like that. You know, we pee, we wash our hands, we talk, we put on, you know, lipstick or whatever. Yeah. Like, there's children in there. It's like, it. you know, maybe at a lesbian bar, like, women have sex, but it's like, not in front of everybody. You know, right. they go into their own stall. But it's like, but it's like. We're not talking about lesbian clubs. We're talking sure. about public bathrooms. There's like, so many unisex bathrooms in New York, too, where yeah. like you go down a hallway and there's just a bunch of doors and the doors go all the way from the floor, all the way to the top. There's no cracks to see anything between or over yeah. or under. And then you share one big trough sink. Yeah. <laughs> and like, it's fucking fine. And also, maybe if we built bathrooms differently, then it would be less of an issue. Yeah. Like, besides just having unisex bathrooms... What if you had actual walls and doors? The idea that we're just have like a partition <laughs> is kind of a weird idea anyway. For I think it so. It seems very archaic. Again, this is, yeah, we have to call out the first world problem in that. There's sure. plenty of places where you d- dig a Sorry, hole. Sorry, Janelle. You dig a hole in the backyard and then you pee and poop there. Yeah, That's I grew up in outhouses. So. But like, I mean, I didn't have them, but a lot of my friends had outhouses. Yeah. It was We had one at our cottage. Yeah, that's pretty horrifying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my cottage. <laughs> In my summer home. Shut up. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow, you really... I grew I'm up in sorry. Wisconsin. Yeah, it was on cinder blocks, though. It sounds fancy. It was not fancy. It's much fancier now. You mean your shack. <laughs> it, it had two rooms, and we were a family of five, and you know the water only worked in the summer. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> I hated going there. It's not like... It, I was like, oh, yeah, we used the outhouse at the cottage that I loved. No, I fucking hated that entire experience. <laughs> I also just learned that they have those outdoor urinals that pop up in Europe. Yep. 
Have you yes, seen? Yes, I yeah. have seen. I that. find that horrifying too. I don't even want to use like a water fountain. It's no. like those dog. It's like those weird dog houses. Have you seen those dog houses? No. They're like it's like a dog locker, essentially. So when you go into the, I, you put your dog in this thing. I've seen them around New York. You've not seen them. No. There's, there's a couple in in, in Park Slope where in, so you can so there's some you grocery lock stores. Your dog inside of it. Oh, I'm actually a huge fan of that because I fucking hate when people yeah. bring their dogs around. So places. yeah, that's Lucy. Oh. I did their I did laundry a couple nights ago at a public laundromat, and someone picked up their dog and put it on the table, and it's like that's where other people fold their clean clothes. Your dog shouldn't oh, even be no. in here. That's terrible. Because people are allergic, like you know, you're allergic to whiskey right now, and like whiskey, my cat. Sorry, yeah, not, not whiskey. The, not whiskey to drink. But there's other human beings. That's I true. just I couldn't believe that. Anyway, yeah, but they're like grocery I like stores. dogs and I like cats. I just don't think that they should be treated no. like human beings. No, don't put a dog on the table. Not at a restaurant. Unless it's a hot dog. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, there's uh, grocery stores where you have to put your dog in a pen outside so you don't bring in your dog into Good the thing. grocery store. A pen is a great, but this these weird dog lockers, it's like they're weird. Okay. You, we, I'll, we next can time Google I see it. one, I'm gonna take a picture and text it to you. Okay, perfect. Yeah. But this pee tube thing is like I've seen it on on YouTube where because what what happens is at during the day it's flushed to the to the ground, but right. at night so that people when they go out drinking if they don't find any other oh, places to yeah. pee it raises from the ground so that you can pee into it and then it goes away again during the day. Oh. Those are the ones that I've seen. Just to make sure it's hygienic, you don't like pee in some kind some... of. But it's it oh, looks like a phone different. booth, and I don't see any sinks. So that's oh, no, my no, other no, problem yeah, so with that's... it from a germ perspective. <laughs> no more pee. They are making. Hands. They don't have germs in Europe, though. You oh. know that, right? <laughs> and they are making some for women, um, which is a little bit better. But I was just yeah, pop up urinals. Ugh, I can't think of a more disgusting concept. It's better than just like peeing on a wall somewhere, I guess. So part of the thing is like just to go back to our topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It is better than peeing on a wall. I'm a big fan when I used to have drinking uh, guys that I'd go out drinking with and they just randomly stop. I'm like, we just left a bar. So you need to become an adult and know that you're leaving a bar and you've been drinking six beers. So you should probably use the bathroom before you leave the bar or wait until we get to the next bar and not just pick a wall because it's New York and like public urination has been embraced here. Okay, so to go back (laughs) to our topic... Trans people exist and they've been um, much more in the public eye in the last few years. So I feel like they need to use the bathroom somewhere. And so I don't think that if, if, if you're a person who thinks that they, that trans people have an issue, do you want that person in your bathroom? If you were a man, for instance, John L who thinks that a trans woman is a sick person would you want, I don't, by the way. So I know you don't, <laughs> uh, but you wouldn't want them in... Hypothetically. Hypothetically, you wouldn't want them in your bathroom either, but they need to go to the bathroom. So what I mean, is I think the, the point answer of, is unisex bathrooms, but, yeah. like, but that's... When we, you know, we're, but they're just kind of, they're not even suggesting that. that. That's right. They're suggesting taking away the rights of transgender people. And the thing is... And if they like, go in the men's bathroom, they're going to be... Yeah, harassed. I've, I've, you know, like I was like, okay, got to reach out to all my trans friends. And I, the thing is, is that I have so many that I keep forgetting. And I'm like, oh, got to text, got to, te- you know, like got to text so and so, got to text so and so. And it's like, the thing is, is like, most of my friends are like, I feel like crap. Like, of course, you know, I have one friend whose mother is voted for Trump, and like, 
doesn't understand and like yeah. is not empathetic at all to him. And it's like, how I mean, so fucked up, you know, it's like, I, I, after this, I decided I can't, like, I have one uncle, I might call my Trump uncle. I, you know, he's dead too. I, at, at Passover services. I like last year, Passover is one of my favorite, I'm Jewish. My favorite Jewish holidays. It's about like freeing, being freed from slavery. It's, it's also about acknowledging like the slaves that we have now and like the, you know, people who don't have rights and, you know, acknowledging all these people in the world that are like suffering. Right. And, but like the super Jews are like, no, we're the chosen people. And like, God wants us to have everything. Right. And so that's always been my only, why there are Jewish Republicans who the only thing with the Jewish culture is the word, the chosen people, because that makes it us or them. Exactly. I I I don't like that. I don't like it. I don't like it either. I think every, I mean, every institution, be it religious, political or institutional is there, there will always be people that will use certain two or three words in an entire paragraph to a smaller sex advantage and this is what i think about this rule and i'm not i understand that it's uh, targeting transgendered right now but this is a precursor for labeling much much more things in the future like yeah i mean it also goes against federal law it is and and, yeah, and, I mean, and that's then the it, one thing that i have hope with is that it's goes against federal but law. hard yeah. with our yeah let's come on federal federal Bader right Ginsburg, come on yeah. please lift but there's stay always alive. like again <laughs> rcp um but the, the idea is like there's always i mean that's what uh you know rules and laws and constitutions are there's always an out clause where it has room to change and we are hoping that they'll change for the good but it looks i mean the past couple of years it doesn't it doesn't look good it doesn't seem like it's you know it's it's working on the commonsensical route the thing that that i keep i keep sort of hoping about all of this is like and like you know trying to just be support to my trans friends and like you know like we you know they can take our our rights away but they can't take away our spirit they can't take away our community Mm -hmm. you know i think about the Jews and the internment camps and the gypsies and the gays, you know, and, you know, any brown person that they happen to capture, you know, these communities, like there was like art happening inside the internment camps and like people were, I mean, like Pilates came from the internment camps. Oh, I didn't know, know that. I mean? Yeah. No. I think, don't quote me on that. Let's look that up. Okay. <laughs> but I, but, but, or, or fact checking? Fact checking? Yeah. What's that about? Yeah. Hey, this is, <laughs> I don't but that's the thing is that everybody separates into those bubbles. Anyway. Yeah. But, but the thing is, is that, is that, that, like, you, you can't take away someone's spirit. That's theirs. No matter what, no matter if you put them in a fucking cell, like, you can't take away their spirit. And that is the thing that gives me hope right now in, in this, in these times. It's like looking, you know, looking at the immigrants coming from Honduras, like, Right. They are like, we're going, you know? Yeah. And like, we don't care. Put us in an internment camp when we get there. You know, like, we're going. Yeah. You know? And it's, that's spirit. That's spirit. And like, no one can take that away from them. Like, they can beat them up. They can take away their children, but not their spirit. And that's, that's the hope I have with all of this. It's like. But they are trying to squash it. And that's yeah. part of like, how you were saying that you, you take breaks from the news. Yeah. Um, I think. 
what they're trying to do is wear everybody down. Yes. Um, and it's, it's working honestly. I mean, people are excited about this election, but it is working. So I also wanted to go back. You were talking about, um, things changing. And so, um, being transgender was actually declassified as a mental illness, which has been in discussions since I think 2000. It was hard to find an exact date on that. Um, or later, but finally happened actually this past year, this year that it changed um, and went to being a, where did I find it? Oh, I had it. A condition related to sexual health. So people weren't really, but the declassification was really important, which happened with um, homosexuality as we discussed before pressing record. Yeah. (laughs) But it is important into breaking down that um, stigma. Same with sex work. That's always what we're trying to do is break down the stigma. So that just happened this year. I know. And so this is a pushback. Yep. And some of the stuff that Obama did was, are you confirming that? Yeah, so I'm, I'm looking at USA Today. Um, but uh, tra- transgendered was declassified as a mental illness in June of 2018. I just said By that. the World Health Organization. Uh, comparing it to also the homosexuality that was declassified in uh, 1987. So mm-hmm. it was uh, homosexuality as a mental disorder was classified as a mental disorder in 1974, but removed by the American Psychiatric, Psychi- Psychiatric. Psychiatric Association in 1987. So there are, again, these are the, th- the news that kind of gives me a little bit of hope because people will get smarter. You know, people will, will eventually... Uh, Data will always win. Science at some point will always win. I hope I, it, well, it might not, take time. You know, but that's the thing is warming. that so if you think about that happened with um, homosexuality in 87 and just now we were able to get um, gay marriage mm. and and acceptance into society, which still we live in a blue bubble, so it's a little bit different here, but it's starting to become more acceptable and a more normal conversation. You see it on TV and you see it in movies more, which is sort of part of the process. And it's a slow process of changing culture because honestly, some people have to die, meaning the old people, the old people (laughs) with the old ideas kind of have to die and generations have to turn over that we're grown thinking, like we're raised thinking it was normal so that they don't have those prejudices. And so since that just happened, I mean, that's another... 20, 30 years. It's progress. I mean, uh, I still remember, distinctly remember when I, when I was visiting my mom, my mom's office in the 80s in the Philippines, which is a third world country, but she worked in a very prominent bank and they had posters that said, smoking cures asthma. What? <laughs> yeah. It took a little while for the, for the science <laughs> to get to the islands right. a little bit. Um, but yeah, because again, it, when when cigarette, when tobacco ruled advertising and ruled, That's therefore right. federal and the Congress and government, um, they wanted to you know show that hey, you know, if you have lung problems, you strengthen it by you know inhaling <laughs> smoke until you know science eventually factually debunked a lot of stuff. Yeah. And my thing is, I'm I'm okay. I mean. There will be people, there will be heroes and villains at every generation, mm-hmm. every year, anywhere we go. What I am discouraged by in the past couple of years is the discourse is no longer healthy. We are more like, you know, we, you, Darlinda mentioned it at the top of the episode. 
you tuned out. I've I've been yeah. doing it for months now. I have I spent an entire weekend curating my Facebook wall to have a list of the people that I just want updates from because my public wall is just all about people selling me things, um, causes that I need to be uh, following up, news that are you know not of great sound so it's like all right i'm just gonna list out all my friends that i want updates from i want the celebrities that i that are funny and sports people that i admire and those are the only people i'm gonna get news from because it's just tough and you found a celebrity yeah, well a couple yeah. there's you know, <laughs> some uh, cool celebrities out there yeah there are a couple out there but i mean the it's idea so is like you know now it's like it's it, it, the leaders that we have are supposed to be coming together in healthy debate and now it's just now just like you against me yeah um got definitely more money everybody's than you. on their team even, even people like you know it's interesting um that you were saying about like having a hard time with pronouns and and the thing is and that you see that in the gay community and like the trans community the drag queen community there's all you know like a lot of drag queens used to call each other tranny and they got in trouble, you know, so it's like the young people, instead of like being like, oh, you're older and like these, the language has changed. We should, we, we yeah. should talk about it. They're like, you're hurting me because you're calling me a tranny. And it's like, I call myself a tranny. I'm, you know, it's like these. So you think that's pot I negative? Think or? It's, I think what's happening is that, um, and we see it in the burlesque community is that things are so shitty up top, you know, with our, with our president. But with we're these fighting crazy, down here. Yeah, we're fighting down here. It's like an abusive family. Like, it, you know, how, it is. Is how the dad abuses the big brother and the big brother beats up the little brother. You know, it's like. Bullying has a little bit of a place, actually. Like, if you look at anthropology, it has yeah. a little bit of a place in, in creating cultural shifts. Yeah. So there is something good about it in the history of <laughs> human sure, society sure. but it's not good to the people it's happening and it's not the most productive i'm very like able to have the conversations able to explain able to have a healthy debate i enjoy those things i enjoy educating people um, about things that they really don't understand and and doing the back and forth i think most people that this affects much more so than it affects me, um, are just so tired that they can't anymore. But unfortunately, that's a little bit detrimental because right yeah. now is the time where we have to spend that energy, in my opinion, and doing those things and ha and being patient because there's such a huge shift happening right now. And even those of us that are totally open-minded and totally embracing it, like almost can't keep up with the language changes, with the expectations and meeting everybody's thing and not knowing, which is kind of the conversation that we're having, right? And so it'll eventually settle down. But in the meantime, like we all have to be kind to each other, kind to ourselves yeah. and yes. like learn and and do our best, which yeah, is all you can ever do. That's it. Do you have another suggestion of how, I mean, obviously reaching out to trans friends, but for people who maybe aren't exposed to it, obviously voting, everybody needs to vote. But besides yeah, that. Please vote. Please vote. Please vote. I'm just going to say that a lot. Um, but I think that the other, like if you don't have any trans friends, like, you know, if you, you know, if you do have like a public profile, like you do, mm -hmm. you know, to just like post like, trans hotlines of like places that people can call or you know um you know for like, trans people that for need trans support people that need support like so that you know someone sees your story and there's like they say oh great i'm gonna share this i you know like i mean i just try to you know i had i follow a lot of people who are 
are very political. So I'll see some things. I'm like, oh, this is helpful. Like, I don't really post political things unless I think it's going to be helpful to a lot of people. Um, Like I post about my burlesque shows or my art shows, you know, or performance shows, whatever. And I, and I post about things that I think can actually help my followers. That's it. That's all I, And sometimes having the conversation, I think can just help people. It can help people that are trying to understand it. It can help people that are angry. It can help people that are hurt and feel like no one knows they exist. Just knowing that people are talking about it and trying to, trying to support and trying to. Yeah. Yeah. And even if you like, you know, I mean, you know, I've had friends because they know that I have trans friends and that I'm supportive of it, or even that I'm, post something about trans folks Mm -hmm. who were like, I'm trans. It came out to me, you know? And so like you might have a trans friend that you don't know is trans, you know? Um, And so, you know, if you, if you wanted to post a a hotline, you know, a train, you know, a trans hotline, you know, you could do that or whatever, or like information or we could do that with this Janelle. Yeah. Since we're talking all about it. Yeah. Let's do it. We can post all that stuff with it. But I do think the photo needs to be puke. Because we just yeah. talked about puke for I so know. Maybe it could long. be like what rainbow puke. Oh, oh that's good. Oh, the, yeah. You know that there's a, the cat meme that yeah, pukes rainbows. Let's, let's I like do that. that. I yeah, I or a unicorn. Or a unicorn. What is somebody rainbow. puking? Rainbows. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Well, thank you so much for Thanks being for here and having this lovely uh, discussion great. with yeah. us. Yeah. Anytime. Anytime. If you have any follow up questions or comments, you can email us at paradeofdicks at gmail.com. We will eventually check it and get back to you. That's and real. please share this if you enjoyed it. Um, you can catch us on Spotify now, and we will be back next week with a yeah. new episode. Yeah. Uh, before we go, though, like Delinda, your your ads, your channels, you where people can follow you. Yes, um, I am at Darlinda Just on Instagram and Twitter, and you can also find me on Facebook, Darlinda Just Darlinda. Awesome. Amazing. Thank, Thank you, you again. so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Huh?